0: Welcome back to the new and improved version. This is not Buckeye Talk. This is Buckeye Playoff Talk. Doug LaMaurice, Bill Landis, Ari Wasserman from Cleveland.com. You can always find our stories, everything we do at Cleveland.com slash OSU. We just got the playoff pairings. Everybody knows this if you're listening. Really, is there like a single – can you imagine someone tuning into this podcast and being like, "Ah, oh, did Ohio State make the playoff? Um, Ohio State is playing Clemson in the Fiesta Bowl on December 31st. We're going to talk about not just that, because that's not the point, right? Does anyone ever say like, oh man, I hope we can get to the AFC championship game. That would be great. No, you're there to win the Super Bowl. Andy can Reed Ohio knows. State, wow, well, true it is Andy <laughs> Reed shot from the guy from Philly. Can Ohio State win the national championship? That's what we want to talk about. We're going to get a lot more into the nitty gritty of Ohio State Clemson in the next four weeks. The three of us will be in Arizona. Um, December 26th is when things will start out there. We have a couple interview sessions here in Ohio with the team the coaches and the players, but for now, can Ohio State get this done? Bill, when you think about where Ohio State is as the three seed in this playoff in 2016, (laughs) thinking back to before the playoffs started, I mean, we know what happened in 2014, but would you say sitting here, Ohio State's chances are... Are better to win it all than they were in 2014? Are they worse, or are they in a very similar spot, in your opinion?
1: That's tough. Um, <clears throat> Alabama's better. I think Alabama like might be significantly better than it was in 2014, especially on defense. Um, I don't know, and I don't think Ohio State's quite as good. And 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 the thing that's hard is like we're doing it with like the benefit of hindsight, because at the time in 2014. I don't think we really knew how good Ohio State was, and of course, two two years after that, they had 12 guys drafted in the first four rounds of the NFL draft. Um, But in my head right now, Ohio State is not as good now as it was in 2014 entering the playoff. The competition, I think, this year is better than the competition was in the playoff in 2014. Um, So I I think their chances are probably slightly lower. That said, I think they're still good enough to do it. I think it's going to be a lot more difficult.
0: You know, it's funny. There was a headline that some media outlet put out that was like, this is the best playoff field ever. No, it's not. In two thousand fourteen, Ohio State was the four seed. This year Washington's the four seed. That playoff field was better. Now I
1: know But I think I think that oh, Alabama and Clemson this year are better than Alabama and Florida State and Oregon that year. I think in terms of like how they're playing this season. Maybe how they're perceived. I think those teams. I think we're talking about maybe slightly more talented teams. What's crazy? Or maybe maybe slightly more advanced teams. Maybe it might be the better way to say it. I decide. don't know if I, I agree with that. What do you think of that? Art? I think that Ohio State's path to the
2: playoff in 2014 seemed more insurmountable than this year's team. Because when I remember thinking about 2014 having to play Alabama first right out of the gate, and Alabama's really good this year, but Alabama in 2014 was just Alabama. Like I just kind of feel like Alabama's kind of Alabama every year. And I don't know. I'm not an Alabama expert. And I don't know how to compare this year's team to the one that was two years ago or last year's. Or right. They're in the, they're in this position every year, and it's a similarly talented, deep, dominant team every year. And then to have to go play Oregon, which is a completely different style, and have to get ready for that up-tempo offense and the way that they do things and the way they did them at the time, I thought thinking about winning back-to-back games like that was a lot more difficult to picture than Ohio State maybe grinding out a Clemson win, which is going to be a very tough thing to do, and then preparing for Alabama on one Winner takes all game.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, I think it does. I mean, I think Oregon was a was a pretty good team um, two years ago as a number two seed, the team that Ohio State ended up playing for the national championship. Um, it, it is a hard thing to judge because, again, it's like we're trying. To, one thing we're looking at before it happens. The other thing, it's you can't look at 2014 without realizing <laughs> how it ended. But I didn't. Nobody thought. Ohio State was going to win its semifinal game two years ago. No. I yeah. would guess my my impression at the moment right now is what? That people think Clemson-Ohio State is a coin flip?
1: I mean, Ohio State's favored by three and a half points, right?
0: Do yeah. you remember what the line was for Alabama two years ago?
1: It, it was. was like it you can look it up, but I think Eight? it was
0: ten. It was more than one score. So, I mean, that was much more daunting. I think, And it was in the South, too. Let's not forget where it was. Right. Right, and this one is in Ohio State's second home in Arizona. This will be the seventh time in the last 15 years that Ohio State is playing in Arizona in the postseason. Um, so Ohio State fans certainly know how to get to Phoenix. The thing that I think, Bill, makes an interesting point, and like we don't want to jump ahead, but we are jumping ahead. Because the question is not, again, can you beat Clemson? We're going to beat that question to death over the next four weeks. The question is, can you win it? And I think, Bill, you make an interesting point about what Alabama is this year. When we got to look at Alabama and saw them close up in that Sugar Bowl, Alabama was playing a running back a quarterback yep. in 2014. That's not what they have now. They have a young guy, but that guy's a legit quarterback. And I do think it seems like this Alabama defense is – I mean, say the things that we we've seen draft people say, but it saw, does seem like I, this is as good as a Bama defense as anybody's seen, right?
1: Yeah, and I forget it might have been Dame Brugler, uh, the CBS draft guy, who said this. Maybe not, but it was Alabama's two deep front seven. So, uh, defensive line linebackers, all, all every guy in the two deep was a third round NFL draft pick or better. So that's like fourteen players. The one thing I always hmm. wonder
2: about that, and again, 14 first, second, third Is it like like eventual draft draft picks picks or draft picks now? No,
1: I think as I read it, it was now, which (laughs) means like the guys who were third rounders could play their way into being first or second rounders eventually. They're good. Their defense is awesome. It's the best defense in the country. I thought Michigan's defense was really good. And without watching Alabama in depth, just from what I've read from guys who covered the draft, I think Alabama's defense is like significantly better than Michigan's.
0: The one thing, and I think we want to talk a little bit about this specifically, is again, we're going to get much more into this, but we know Ohio State right now. The 2014 Ohio State team, once Cardale Jones proved that he could do it, and he showed enough against Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game that year, he didn't make perfect throws in that game. Devin Smith made him look pretty good, but as it turned out, Cardale Jones more than got the job done. Um that Ohio State team then in the end they didn't have a glaring weakness, right? I mean Ezekiel Elliott, we saw what he became at running back. The past game with Cardale Jones and Devin Smith,
1: I we think, saw what it did. Yeah, I think if they're I think it was like stopping the run was the weakness we thought they had, but then they shut down Melvin Gordon the Big 10 title game. Um Derrick Henry had a good game and Alabama stopped giving him the ball. Right. And then um Oregon had uh, Royce Freeman and Marcus Mariota and no, neither of those guys really wrapped up. And they weren't a Ohio power State. right
0: power outlet and and again it's like it's funny to think like that in 2014 at this point in time maybe you still didn't quite know how good those guys were but it's like well they had joey bosa and they had darren lee you know and they had freshman Raquan mcmillan and they had joshua perry it makes had, a lot like, more sense now than it did before it happened so mm-hmm. i but i think still like right now this very second does or does not this ohio state team have a glaring hole because like the thing yeah. about it then just like that you they have a glaring hole they do
2: the passing game, right? Yes. Is that what we're going to get to. They can't throw the ball forward. <laughs> um. But I had something that I was going to say in comparison to what you said. They had Darren Lee. Maybe in two years we'll be saying, "Well, they had Malik Hooker. They had Jerome. And they Baker. They had Jerome Baker. Baker. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and it's You're like, exactly there's, right. you know, and like that's kind of what I think. But I don't think going into that game, Ohio or going into the 2014 playoff there was something that we could sit back and say they can't
0: do this the same way that this year's team we can say they can't throw. I mean, it could be one of those where it's like, well, of course Deshaun Watson threw four interceptions in that semifinal. They had three guys in the secondary who were NFL future All-Pros, yeah. which you sit here and you know that Marshawn Lattimore, Garyon Conley, and Malik Hooker are pretty good, but you don't know exactly how good. And so like when,
2: when guys are putting – you read tonight, some draft expert said – That uh, the the two out of the top five
0: corners. Yeah.
2: Well, what does that mean? That means that they better not complete very many passes. Right. I mean, that's what that means. Matt Miller
0: from Bleacher Report said Gary Conley and Marshawn Lattimore were two of the top four corners for this draft. And I think Ohio State is similarly talented as that 2014
2: team was in the same type of way because there's a lot of people that are still kind of at the end of their first year. And I think by the time we got to the – Wisconsin game in 2014 in the Big Ten Championship. I think we started to see what Darren Lee was. We knew what Ezekiel Elliott was. Um, Ezekiel Elliott ran for 750 yards. Maybe we didn't know in those three games what he actually was. But I, I think that we're getting similar feelings about some of their younger guys on this team. And I think that Jerome Baker is a legit awesome outside linebacker. And Malik Hooker is a NFL safety. And they've got two lockdown corners. Tell me something. Against the Clemson team... Am I, am I rambling? But against the Clemson team that has Deshaun Watson, having
0: those three guys in your secondary is a pretty solid thing to feel good about. But this is what I think. Ohio State's defense won them the Michigan game because Wilton Spate threw two incredibly crucial interceptions, which is the only way Ohio State could score in that game. Mm-hmm. And then the offense finally came around in the last five minutes in an overtime. Um, Deshaun Watson's much better than that as a quarterback. We're talking the Clemson quarterback. And Jalen Hurt, for, is it Hurt or Hurts? Hurts, Hurts. Like the rental car agency, everybody hurts. But with that me. he's, a, I think he's going to make better decisions than Walton Spate did, an injured Walton Spate did in that game. So, yes, Ohio State's defense is going to be the key to this for the Buckeyes, but they're going to face two better quarterbacks than they did in that Michigan game. So, looking at that Michigan game as the example, then. If Michigan could slow down the Ohio State offense and make Urban Meyer so desperate that he tried a fake punt at his own 20 in the third quarter, what is the Alabama gonna def- defense going to do? I do not know how Ohio State could throw the ball enough to get anybody to back off on attacking their run game. And there's just, a, you know, like. Michael Jordan as a true freshman on the offensive line. Isaiah Prince at right tackle as a sophomore on the offensive line. I just, I don't know. Like that Michigan front seven, that Michigan front four was good, right? Mm-hmm. They gave Ohio State trouble, right? A bit Wait the- till they see Alabama. I have no idea what the answer is for Ohio State to Jonathan Allen and what the answer is to trying to move the ball against the Alabama defense when this Ohio State offense had trouble moving the ball against Michigan, had trouble moving the ball against Michigan State.
1: And Northwestern. Yeah, and that's, I mean, when I think about whether or not Ohio State can, I mean, even really beat Clemson, certainly beat Alabama, is, is the offensive line. Because I thought, for all the guys we just talked about about 2014, I thought that offensive line in 2014 was awesome. And I'm not saying anything new by saying that, but the way Ohio State played offensively against Alabama was, like, shocking to me in 2014. Because I didn't think that offensive line had that kind of game in it cuz Alabama's front then was still very good. It's not as good as it is now, but it was still maybe the best in the country at the time. I just don't know. I don't know if that offensive line, Ohio State's current offensive line can get from where it is now to where it needs to be to contend for a national championship in 26 days.
0: So, Ari, let me ask you this then. A lot of people nationally, I think when they say who can beat Alabama, they say Ohio State. Always. Right? What are that why are they saying that? What makes people from around the country who see every team when they say, "Well, if anybody's going to beat Alabama, it's Ohio State"? Why? So you want to take the hardest question to
2: answer and throw it at me? Like, but I'm just—I
0: mean, it's like, what if you if you were someone who didn't see Ohio State every minute of every day, then you would
2: probably what? look at them the what? way that
0: we look at Alabama. But it makes sense. It? That's why you'd that's, look at Malik Hooker and Curtis Samuel. And JT, you, you maybe think JT Barrett something. It's very something easy not to quite. you remember Noah Brown against Oklahoma and don't know the fact that Noah Brown hasn't done anything in the second half of the season. I think it's very easy. We talk about Alabama on this
2: podcast and we talk about Alabama at our butts.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> how much? How many hours do we spend watching Alabama this year? Like I watched the SEC championship game and that was the first full Alabama game I watched all year. Mm-hmm. And I think when you look at Urban Meyer and Nick Saban, are one A and one B. The recruiting is one A and one B. The accomplishments are one A and one B. I think it's a very simple line to draw. When it's set. who's going to say Washington? Like who's going to answer the question Washington? But you know what? Even I know if answered? it's right, even if that's the correct answer, who's going to say it? But you know what? My answer would be I know Deshaun
0: Watson. <laughs>
2: oh, I thought you were going to say Penn State. I thought, well, <laughs> I'm going to get to that in a minute. Um, so I think from a talent aspect, the only other program. In the country, outside of Clemson, that can even be put into the same category as Alabama as Ohio State, just based on everything from around how you build a college football team, from recruiting to facilities to coaching to tradition to what they've already done on the field. What's the one team that you can draw parallels to? It's the only team in college football and you might won't be able to make the argument that Clemson also is in that category. Um, but that's why. And I think it's from people who don't watch Ohio State the way that we watch them. They see the highlights on television. They watch the scores. They see the statistics that are based on 77 nothing wins over Bowling Green. And they're thinking, I think that's part of the reason why they got into the playoff so easily. I'm not saying Ohio State doesn't deserve to be in the playoff, but they certainly shouldn't have walked in. Right. And I think it's the same line of thinking, even from people who are paid NFL. No, no, I'm just saying like people who have made money, livings in the game. They're not getting paid by the committee. That's not what I meant. But people who have been around football and coaching or in administration who know the games and the X's and O's a heck of a lot more than we do might have made that assumption slash parallel, and I think that's been really working in Ohio State's favor. And maybe they deserve the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they have gotten to the point where they – Are Alabama 1B, but that's the real reason for it. I don't think it's because they're looking and saying, Mike Weber, man, that kid can really run over some people, and Noah Brown caught four touchdowns against that awesome Oklahoma secondary. They're not saying those types of things. I think it's just the assumption – of where the program is and what they've done.
1: So
0: you, you had brought up Penn state earlier. I'll tell you this when I I actually was at the big 10 championship game in person. I took my daughter and we just sat in the upper deck and watched it. Um, So we were watching like the coaches film view from above. And I mean, I, I lost track. There were at least five or seven throws in that game. When Penn state came back in the second half by hitting Wisconsin over the top that I just thought to myself, Ohio state doesn't make that throw. Ohio state doesn't make that catch. And I think Penn State actually is one of the four best teams in America. I think Penn State, if they played Washington tomorrow, would beat Washington. If you want to play two losses versus one loss, fine. If that's why Penn State didn't get in, that's fine. I think Penn State had an interesting mix of throw game, quarterback who can move, excellent running back in Saquon Barkley, and an okay defense. I think Penn State would have given Alabama an interesting game. I think Alabama is going to blow Washington out. I think that's
1: yeah, the, I, yeah, I I think that you are you're a little too high on Penn State. I think for my liking, I love
0: Penn State. Is that fair to say? Uh,
1: yes, yes, and I think Penn State is very good. I think Penn State was probably deserving of being in the playoff, um, maybe over Washington. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think Penn State could give Alabama a game. I just don't. I think. Um, I mean, I walked, Wisconsin was up. Do you think Ohio State seven. could give Alabama a game? More so than Penn State, and yeah, I, I and. I do. I know it's kinda of weird to say because we've seen Ohio State's offense struggle so much, but the
2: thing that I want to know and we'll I think, find out yeah. we're talking about national championship because like you said, who cares about the semifinal? <laughs> I'm kidding. You wanna talk about See what Tampa. Could, we're talking a lot about Alabama right now when they're playing Clemson first, and I like that because that's the goal, right? What I would like to know thinking about this, because I think about this all the time. The three of us are thinking, writing, watching, reading transcribing Ohio State 60 hours a week. I wonder what the person who's doing that for Alabama thinks. And sometimes I think it's very easy to get into the world of Ohio State can't throw it because they can't. But what is it the thing that Clemson can't do? Can Clemson not stop the run? Like what are their beat writers that see it every week? Right. Every single team in college football, maybe outside of Alabama, maybe Alabama doesn't have a weakness and that's why they're so good. But I guarantee you there's people that write about Clemson that say this is their thing. Well, and I want to know what yeah. their
0: things are from it, people like us. And their, it, you know. it is. It's a good point. And, and actually, I mean, Alabama usually can't throw it. I mean, like Nick Saban's quarterback recruiting, right? I mean, again, 2014, it was a converted running back who started – Blake Sims started his career as a running back. There was no real pass threat. They had Amari Cooper. <laughs> But they didn't really have a quarterback who could make – now, so, so Alabama has this Calvin Ridley guy, right, who's the next – who is next in He's line. The next Cooper, yeah. Right? And so – and I feel like they use him, again, just from a couple highlights, they use him more effectively than, than Ohio State has used Noah Brown this year. Still, the the inability to get the ball to Noah Brown after what he did at Oklahoma, although he only had five catches in that game, but four were touchdowns. I, stand, I remember when we did this – we'll have to get to this – in the run up to the bowl game, we'll do our final rankings of the best Ohio State players. We did that at mid season. I didn't put Noah Brown in my top ten. Neither did we, did we? I think
1: I might have. Because it was like we're well, so close how are they the gonna OPS. use him?
0: You know, and yeah. he hasn't been close to one of the ten most important players. How are they gonna use half. them? It's such a weird question.
1: I also said Noah Brown would catch seventy passes this year, or so
2: we're so honestly I was trying to figure out where in the top ten he was gonna get drafted after that
1: Oklahoma game. I will yeah? say this in my defense, they did have a receiver catch seventy passes, it just wasn't Noah Brown. So who was it? Curtis Samuel. How many passes did he catch from I think him? he has 68. Wow. Well, oh. Bill, let me ask you
0: this I, question. I forgot oh, about Curtis Anderson. So, so – and I don't disagree with this. And again, like – here's the thing with Ohio State that you have to remember is they were the youngest team in America, the least experienced team in America, 16 new starters, only 16 returning starters. This was the step-back year. This was the year to get them. This was the year when, you know, maybe they were going to be vulnerable and here we are wondering if they can win a national championship or not because they're one of the four teams left standing. Whatever happens – this has been an amazing year for Ohio State, and this is the year that tells me. And I made a joke about this: if the committee wants to put in the four best teams and the whole discussion about four best versus four most deserving or whatever, if you want to put in the four best teams every year, put Alabama and Ohio State in the playoff for 2017 now. Put them in next year's playoff. Now I don't know what the record's going to be, but apparently we're not really. Are we not talking? We're talking about the four best. We're talking about what Vegas would say. We're talking about who would win on a pickup game in Urban Meyer's backyard. I'll tell you what. I'll take uh, the answer is Alabama and Ohio State would be two of the best four. I don't know what their record next season is going to be. I'm going to tell you they are two of the top 4 if that's your criteria. So anyway, that was a mini rant. Bill, mm-hmm. tell me this. And I'm I'm not disagreeing with this. If you say Ohio State is the number one team that could give Alabama trouble, right? Of the teams left. It's like we were were saying, who could could beat Alabama? You say definitely Ohio State more than Penn State. Mm -hmm. Um, Give me the three things that you think that Ohio State does, being an an Ohio State expert and not an Alabama
1: expert. What are the three things that Ohio State does that would bother Alabama? I mean, not being an Alabama expert and not knowing the intricacies of their team, I think I start with Ohio State's secondary, which is where we start most teams they play. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is good. You talked about him. Probably the best quarterback Alabama's had in a few years. Uh, I don't think he's setting the world on fire with the way he's throwing the ball, just from, again, from what I've read, not from what I've watched. Um, So I like Ohio State's secondary matched up against a freshman quarterback who hasn't really thrown against NFL talent that Ohio State's going to throw at him in the secondary. Um, I like... Curtis Samuel, if they hand him the ball, I think one of the things Ohio State did really well when they beat Alabama in 2014 was work the uh, the boundaries of the field, work uh, horizontal, running the ball. We saw Zeke Elliott have a couple big hits running the ball that way. I think I think Ohio State would have to change some things, maybe, if, like how it's pl- been playing, which we've seen them do before, maybe not so much this year, but certainly in the past. Um and then the last thing would just be, and it's kind of a generic, kind of stupid thing, but talent for talent. I think there's there's two other teams in the country that can match Alabama's talent. It's Clemson and Ohio State. And I think that Clemson's defense is a little too porous in my liking to, to think that they could contend with Alabama. And I think Ohio State's defense, for me, is one that would make the difference. If that makes sense. Is that a convincing argument, or is that not very convincing?
0: No, I, I mean, I think it is convincing. It's funny, and I think we I want to get into this a little bit uh, with JT later when we talk to him in this postseason. He's tired of any questions about the passing game, but obviously there are legitimate questions about the passing game. Like, you can't ignore the obvious. They can't really throw the ball consistently and effectively, right? They went 11-1, beat Oklahoma, Wisconsin, and Michigan, and made the playoff doing it this way. It's possible that JT Barrett played this season sort of knowing exactly what he was doing. That, you know what, we're not going to look great throwing the ball, but I am not going to make a mistake. I am not going to take a risk. I'm not going to turn it over. I'm going to let our defense make plays. We know we're going to wear them down. Ohio State often wins these conditioning battles. They often win fourth quarter battles, especially in the run game. We're going to – if we keep it close, that's fine. If we beat Michigan State by one, that's fine. If we beat Northwestern by four, that's fine. I'm not going to make the mistake that kills us, said the guy who threw a pick six to open the year against Bowling Green, right? Mm -hmm. He didn't really say all this, but I'm saying in his head maybe this is what he said. Maybe he's crazy like a fox. Maybe he's not crazy. Maybe he's cautious. Gosh, I like when I talk myself through a story out loud. Cautious like a fox. He would not make the throws that we wanted him to make. Those double pumps, triple pumps, double clutch. The guy looks open. Why don't you throw it? Because he's not going to take a risk. And he knows they're going to win anyway. Maybe win ugly. But they're going to win. And here we are. He was right. They're here. They're in the playoff. He was right. And now maybe he flips the switch and becomes a different JT Barrett. Let it all hang out. And it's not – it's going to be us saying, oh, my gosh, he's completely changed. And it's going to be JT Barrett saying, you know what, man? This was my plan all along.
1: I, like, actually kind of buy a lot of that. Do you buy that? I don't. Let me ask you. So – At all. Tw- maybe not – he's not <laughs> no, like no, – No, but I want to hear not, what you say he's, not what he's, like, he's not he's not – is it purposely or purposefully? Purposely. <laughs> <laughs> he's not sandbagging games. Like, he's not intentionally making them close in the – I like to hide things and make himself better when the the time comes in the playoff. But I feel like we've seen him do that. Like we've we've seen him take his game to another level when he absolutely had to, when not doing it, meant Ohio state was going to lose. And I think of 2014 against Michigan state, he was awesome in that game. 300 passing yards, hundred rushing yards. He had, he didn't play like that before. And I don't think he's really played like that since, but clearly that's in there somewhere in him. And I think about Wisconsin, the second half of this second half of the Wisconsin game this season, when the offense was doing nothing, they were getting dominated by Wisconsin, and in the second half, J.T. Barrett's running around like a crazy person, keeping plays alive with his legs, throwing the ball downfield, taking risks, throwing the football. I think that's in him, and I think he can go to a place where he becomes that guy when he absolutely has to. All right, Bill's on board, Ari. You don't
2: buy it. How many times this year has the opposing team had the ball in their hands with a chance to beat them on the last drive?
0: A hundred. That's why I don't buy it. Because what does it have to do with him? Because if Michigan State completes a two point conversion, then it didn't work. <laughs> then the strategy the plan didn't of work. like
2: there, are, there have been too many close games I, and too many right. big moments in the season to say let's turn it on. He didn't turn it on when they needed to at Michigan. I guess at the end of the game, he, he, I guess they ended up winning the game. But like um, but there have been too many times at the end of games where Ohio State's offense needed something and still didn't get any this season. Maybe Michigan was a terrible example because they were awesome in overtime in the fourth quarter. My bad. But they couldn't do anything at Michigan State, and they couldn't do anything at against Northwestern, and they couldn't do anything till overtime in Wisconsin. And I feel like there are too many – it's just they've played too many games where they were in danger of losing where they still couldn't get anything done offensively, where I think that this is like a style of play.
1: Do, do you think – so do you think he is what he is or – is there another level, another more aggressive level that he can take himself to that makes him a better quarterback against Clemson than he's been all year? I'm
2: not saying that he's not incapable of taking himself to the next level, but I don't think it's going to be because it's like, well, I have to do this now. There were too many times in the regular season where they needed to do it to win games, and and it just they won games other ways because they ended up winning games because of defense and and you know like Doug wrote earlier in the year, they're made for overtime
1: because mm-hmm.
2: they play good defense and are better in the red zone than most other teams. And I buy all that stuff, but I don't think that, well, now because they're playing Clemson, I have to play a certain way. If Ohio State played in the best conference in in college football and they almost lost four of their last seven games, I thought there were very similar scenarios that they might be facing themselves in against Clemson in the regular season where it didn't really show up in the way – and when they did win games, what did they do? They didn't win it by him taking risks in the passing game for the most part. It was just how many times can you run a quarterback draw for six yards? I mean – I don't know. If they he turned into John Elway
1: against Michigan, did he? He did against Wisconsin. No, I like, think I think he's. I agree with you, and I don't like. It's and not like to, the other to thing. Too, it's not, that it's he's, not
2: JT either. It's just I don't think they have the wideouts to right. make some crazy outside of Noah Brown, but like, right? Don't it's a whole package. Yeah, no, of things. I agree, yeah. and
1: it's not like suggesting that JT Barrett is intentionally not playing as well as he possibly can. Because he's trying to disguise something is, like, ludicrous. And that's, and I don't, not, no, the, no, yeah, that's not what we're sky, saying. No. Yeah. Right, and that's not what we're saying. But I do think, and he's led us into this a little bit. And, Doug, I think you wrote about it. And maybe you didn't write about it, but it was definitely from a question that you asked. That he doesn't force passes unless it's fourth down, two-minute drill, third and long, and he has no other choice but to do it. And this is the kind of game where he has no other choice but to do it. And and other so games this So do you think year, you'll think in the first quarter
2: of the Clemson game I, I think have to throw this pass where if he was playing Penn maybe, State he would yes. yes. I think so. Maybe. I think it's possible. I think
0: that he possibly
1: could But then there's it.
2: a converse thought. There's an anti-thought to that. And that's if if you're ever nervous about making a mistake against a marginal team,
1: then making the mistake against Clemson is unforgivable. Unless you were – Unless your mindset was getting here. You see what I'm saying? I guess. It, you mean like play conservatively till you get to there? No, play, it's like
2: you're play not till so you get to here. So you're at, at the end of a poker tournament and you start shoving in bigger bets than you did the entire way there. That, he thinks savings. basically
0: if every team they play, they're better than that team. And the best chance for Ohio State to lose that game is to have something like a pick six happen to them. The best. It's like Jim Trestle. He would he tresselized himself. I mean, basically, what
2: you guys are saying is that he he played in a poker tournament and mind the reference or the analogy, and he and he played to the final table where everybody is a winner because you get big payouts at the end. You might not be the best player, but now that you've done and were conservative and played tight, you got to where you wanted to be. Now it's anybody's game, and I'm going to start firing off bets yes, that I wouldn't have yeah. made.
0: And here's the thing, and we're going to get to some other stuff here now. Um, I have two things. First thing is, I think JT Barrett did not throw enough interceptions this year, which sounds crazy. His freshman year, he had 34 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. This year, he has 24 touchdowns and five interceptions. Five interceptions is really not a lot of interceptions. It should be and like thirty-eight al- and ten. It d- almost <laughs> tells me, I w- you know what are the throws? What did you give up? What are the big plays you gave up by not making a throw? Because that I don't maybe you know if you make if, if those- at Ohio
2: State what's the ratio? What's the ratio if you make a risky play for the sake of our conversation? Right, Ohio State for the most part in ninety percent of their games, as we say a million times, is more talent if you take one risk, or if you take four risks, it should be in your favor at least three times, right? Is that a fair ratio? Where if you throw a ball that's questionable, or you right. take the risk that you're saying he might take against Clemson because there they are, against the teams like Michigan State that they are playing in the regular season, you shouldn't be at least paying out on your risk three out of four times, right? Probably. Yeah, I don't think they're too good for him to be taking 50-50 chances all the time. But if they take 60-40 or 75-25... Right. The other chance, the because the percentage is completely
0: dependent on how good the team you're playing. But the other thing is, and then the other point is, but against Clemson and Alabama, I think you have to take some 50-50 chances if you're going to win. And then hope you, your athletes do what they need to do. Yeah, somebody goes up and make a play.
1: Didn't Cardell Jones do that? Like, wasn't isn't isn't that the whole thing? thing? That's how he was playing, right? So Cardell in- Jones <laughs> didn't even know he was playing football. Listen,
0: okay, and, and Bill, <laughs> get some questions ready for us. Okay. But I have a question I'm going to ask you guys. Honestly, there is a theory out there that in 2014, it actually worked out for Ohio State. God, this is another story. Talk this out. That in 2014, it worked out perfectly for Ohio State that JT Barrett was the regular season quarterback and Cardale Jones was the postseason quarterback, and that's what they needed. That's what they need this year. They need JT Barrett to be the regular season quarterback, and they need JT Barrett to turn into Cardale Jones for the postseason.
1: Hmm.
2: That's good. Hey, let's take a moment of silence yeah, on okay. that. Yeah. Because if you take silence and you want to go remember your idea, just look at the SoundCloud waves. Yeah. So if we go like five seconds where there where there would be an ad, you can see we stopped so that you could find the spot.
1: Okay, let's Awesome talking. idea. Oh, that okay. was good.
0: <laughs> so here's my other question, my last question about JT, and then we'll get to some questions. The infamous JT weenie arm rant of 2015, do you think JT Barrett – is will be a better quarterback indoors than he was in Ohio and Michigan and the Big Ten cold in November.
1: Yeah, probably. I don't. I, I not think, that anyone, like everybody, yeah. is right, but it's possible he's significantly better, right? Like everyone, I think, is better when they're not throwing in the elements. But he's he not has,
0: exactly built for winter, right? Big Ten winner, and it right? might even
1: be to the point now where it like messes with his head a little bit, when even like if the weather's actually not that bad. In his head, it's worse than an And
2: they're it is. playing a game indoors, That's which might be... Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, about- like... <laughs> I mean, the postseason is either indoors and or... They, in they, and they've weather. never... Yeah. But he's never... I really sounded like an idiot. You never get to play an indoor game in the Big Ten season. Yeah, he's even? never played indoors. Has he ever played an indoor game?
1: No. He didn't play in the Big Ten Championships. He didn't play in the right. playoffs two years ago. Yeah, oh, he played yeah, yeah, last year against Notre Dame. Oh. That's his only one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But... But yeah, but same stadium.
0: But like what we saw and people were saying, I mean, this happens in the Big Ten championship sometimes. You saw Trace McSorley make some some great throws, and you think, oh, this is a rough and tumble Big Ten, great defense. You know, you get them in the fake grass inside, and they can do some stuff. There's some athletes in this league too. So I mean, I think, I think there is a chance that again, like whatever people want the Browns to draft Ben Roethlisberger because the lake effect snow and the wind or whatever, and you need a big quarterback. That's not J T Barrett. Yeah, that's Cardale Jones. But that's not J.T. Barrett, and then that's again okay. So the wind's blowing, and we saw at Michigan State this year there was some wind and some kind of stuff that was an issue. Obviously, in 2015 that was the case. They didn't throw it as much. He's going to be more. That's you don't have to worry about that. Did you ever think that we'd be talking about the wind like this ever? Who loves? I mean, why? Because we hate talking about the weather. I hate talking about the weather. No, I agree. People, it's like people have to talk about the weather and start times. Yeah, yeah prime time game, in the national championship. You Champions want to talk game. about something?
2: San Diego State.
0: Oh, I had to go play at Wyoming.
2: Had to go play at Wyoming <laughs> and won. So just stop.
0: I think I had that one too. Yeah.
2: That that is the most dramatic
1: yeah, temperature
2: well travel time because there's aspect. no Laramie Airport. So you got you the altitude, the weather, the blizzard, <laughs> the fact that you've got to go. Is that the headline of this podcast?
0: There's no There's layer at no, the no, airport. But what? <laughs> what's that?
2: It's just I think that like JT Barrett had a hard time throwing the ball at times this year in some situations like at Michigan State because of the wind. I would say out of all the things that we talk about in the passing game with Ohio State that I would say that weather impacts this opinion and this viewpoint of mine at least by 5% maybe.
0: I mean that Michigan what if, State game was nuts. I think wind wise, everybody talked about how the ball moved
1: that much. But yeah, in in general, I mean it's not. That's not why. Well, the weather might affect the coaching staff more than it affects GT. That's true. Yeah, and you did write that, right? What do you mean? It's how the weather call a very conservative game.
2: Yeah, just because it's windy out and
0: JT can make a windy throw if they stop calling passes, it's not. How and again, good you it's are one again. of those things. I mean, it's like, well, and th- and if they don't screw up, they're going to win because we can run it with JT, yep. we can run it with Mike Weber, we can run it with Curtis Samuel. That's how they think. Why would we risk it? Why would you risk it? Because against Clemson and Alabama, if you don't risk it, you're going to lose.
1: All right, reader questions. Well, do we want because is it is the he- the headline of this podcast going to be can Ohio State win a national championship? That is correct. Do we want to answer that question? I'll go for it. Okay. I mean, we're not making predictions on whether or not they will. We're saying whether yes or no, can they? Is there an explanation you want after? Or just no, yes or I not? think we've talked about it a lot. I think you can just say yes or no. I
2: think Ohio it. State has a legitimate chance to win the national
0: title this year.
1: I think I agree with that. I do agree with that.
0: Wow. I'm, I'm surprised that you both answered that so quickly in the affirmative. Because, well, here's my reasoning, and I'll help you if you're on the fence. Because you think Washington's going to beat Alabama? <laughs>
2: I think that Washington rolls. <laughs> no, what I think is there is a fan attitude that is when when your team is on the brink of playing in a big game and they don't get it. Your your fan attitude is, well, they weren't going to get their butts kicked anyway. I'm happy that they avoided it. I hate right? your attitude. Yeah. It's like you always want to be on the field 4 quarters away from winning a national yeah. title even if you lose by 50. Right. I think Ohio State has a 50 50 chance at this moment, if not a 60 40 chance, to beat Clemson. Okay. And if you're, a, so if you think that Ohio State is at least in the game from a very competitive standpoint, they could easily win as easily as they could lose. Sure. You put Ohio State on the field for four quarters with Alabama. And if you're four quarters away from doing anything, then there is a chance you can do it. And that's my rationale. Okay. I don't think they're going to, but that's a different question than can they?
0: Okay. Okay, I mean, I guess I have a different answer. Then it's like, can they? I guess they can. I guess they can. You know who probably really wants to play Ohio State? Nick Saban. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that guy's won a lot of stuff, and uh, the guy who's. One of the guys who's kind of messed him around a little bit has only been in his way as Urban. I, that 2014 game, I—I I I bet you would still probably bother. I think him. Alabama comes loaded for bear, and uh, <laughs> if we see this thing again, I think it's going to be really difficult. And I would have said, I mean, I, I would have never picked them to win Alabama, but once they beat Alabama, you kind of got the vibe they were going to beat Oregon. So if, didn't we all Michigan. pick Oregon? I refused to make a pick because we I didn't both want to. Oregon. It's like, why well, I picked Alabama, you picked Alabama. Pick Alabama, and then when they did it, it was
2: like, okay. I went into the they're game better in, than Oregon.
1: I said I remember I watched this, the video, the video of our game picks not that long ago. Actually,
2: were we in the Bayou?
1: No, we were in in Dallas giving oh, yeah. our picks for the national title game, and I said in the video I'm picking Ohio State because I think they're better at every position except for quarterback, and he looked at me like I was crazy. And I think like looking back now, like of course they were better at every position other than the quarterback. Yeah, it's like, oh you know I mean
0: like Joey Bose is better than the <laughs> anonymous
1: Oregon defensive end. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah.
0: Uh it's gonna, I think it's gonna be really hard. I think it's a big ask. I think uh I think the first game is gonna be really good. Um I don't I think this might be one of the better Alabama teams. Right? I mean they yeah, don't have Derrick Henry, saying. yeah. But I think they got some stuff. I mean, they, their defense. What did they not give up a point in November? Or they <laughs> won
1: seventeen quarters without allowing a touchdown. They uh,
0: uh, have Minka Fitzpatrick, who I think is amazing. Yeah. And, and and as much as we just talked about all that JT Barrett stuff, I think this is. I think this passing game is is almost severely limited. Like they're going to have to be a completely different team than what they've been the last two months. Um, to be the type of offense that can play at that level against an Alabama defense that is really out of this world. So that's a big ask. Yeah. Okay, let's get to some reader questions. We always appreciate uh, your questions, your interactions. You can get in the comments at cleveland.com slash OSU. You can always find us on Twitter at Ari Wasserman, at Doug Maurice, at Landis 25 So we got some questions on
1: Twitter from the folks. Bill, what you got? Okay, I like this question, and I can't really answer it because I didn't cover the team in 2013 when Ohio State played Clemson in the Orange Bowl. But you guys both did, so you can answer this one. This is from, uh, I don't know if it's Toby, at Toby420 on uh, on Twitter. He asked, how much better is this Ohio State defense from the defense they have when they played Clemson in 2013? I'm trying to think. I felt like um,
0: that Ohio State defense did not have really answers at corner for what did in the passing game in that game with Sammy Watkins now the corners that year would have been Bradley Roby and Durant Grant so they certainly weren't bad corners but I think they were they were great corners I mean Bradley Roby wanted to be a first round pick was Bradley Roby hurt? I mean it's like Von Bell you get really confused with the years Von Bell came in late that was Von Bell's first career start because they got so smoked in the Big Ten championship game by Michigan State with some safety problems that was the year Christian Bryant mm-hmm. got hurt so that was a year where you saw holes in the secondary where you don't really see that here. We've talked about, you know, sometimes some teams go after Damon Webb a little bit just because the other three guys are first round picks. I think this is probably a better defensive team because that was still early in the urban recruiting cycle. The 2013 guys were true freshmen then. Yeah. Um so that was still some
2: like And it's important guys to point from,
0: out- you know, Earlier It's important to point
2: out that that team's defense in 2013 wasn't the defense that they thought it
0: would be because of injury. And you know what? But that's – and here's the thing. This is much better. That 2013 defense was enough of a problem that they got rid of a defensive coach, brought in Chris Ash, and completely revamped the whole scheme. So, yeah, this is much better. Urban Meyer got driven crazy that year because they played soft coverage and let receivers catch balls in front of them. And he said, we don't want to do that anymore. And they brought in Chris Ash started this press man coverage thing that completely flipped the, I think, not the whole defense, but at least the secondary. It flipped the attitude of the secondary, not just the scheme, but the attitude. The whole defense, is, again, especially the secondary, got more aggressive. And basically they completely changed the identity. Okay. They completely changed the identity, the identity of, of who team. they are It's He's like, I don't know. As and, as then, and then it
2: turns into like a rant about like how yeah. it was the most significant thing that's ever happened to the program. This is much better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> much better. Okay, let's get another one. Uh, <laughs> this question uh, is from Anton Golden. His uh, Twitter handle is Antonimal. I like that. Uh, he asks, should Ohio State use Brandon Bowen as a tight end to help out Isaiah Prince against defensive ends uh, against, against Clemson and presumably against Alabama? Um, I don't. That's a really interesting thing because I don't know why they stopped. They started using Brandon Bowen as a blocking tight end after the Penn State game when Ohio State allowed, I think it was was six sacks against Penn State. And then they used Brandon Bowen as a blocking tight end against Northwestern. And then he dressed as a tight end against Nebraska, but I don't think they used him. And then they stopped doing it. And I don't know what the rules are. Like, I don't know. Like, if if they make Brandon Bowen number 48 and say he's a tight end, can he not come into the game and play backup tackle if he's needed to? I don't know why they would switch his number and then switch his number back and then not use him at all. Are You allowed to change your jersey number in the middle of the game. He changed his jersey number, like he was seventy six in warm-ups and then became number like forty four. But I think, I think once the game starts, your jersey number is your jersey yeah. number. But what I'm asking is, like, if he's, but that would resolve if, the that would be right. the reason. Yeah, can, can't he be number seventy six and just go out and line up a tight end on the? Spot? I don't know if it's seventy six can run a route. I mean, but if you just use him in a block, either way, I think maybe yeah. they will do it. Um, I've watched um, half of the Michigan game so far. And I was really looking at the offensive line, and um, it wasn't just Isaiah Prince who struggled. I think everyone, really with the exception of Jamarco Jones, who I thought played pretty well, um, struggled. Um, Pat Elfline included, Billy Price, the older guys too, had had their struggles in pass protection. And Michigan was doing a lot of twisting and stunting up front and like really confused them, and it looked like they didn't know who to block. And if that's going to continue, and they're going to need help blocking people, and they don't think that Marcus Ball or AJ Alexander is up the snuff as a pass protector. Even Mike Weber, then I think you got to throw Brandon Bone in there, or otherwise you're not going to be able to throw the ball. Eight sacks. Eight right. sacks against Michigan. It's like kind of remarkable they beat Michigan allowing eight sacks.
0: It's, I mean, yeah. Um, it's tough though because I mean, it's it's this catch twenty two. Like you feel like they have to throw the ball, but I, I mean, what are you going to put two guys in the route? I mean, like you have, you know, it's like yeah, if you I, can't yeah, no, protect, it's good. Yeah. I don't know what you're going to do if you can't protect. I don't know what you're going to do because I don't. They don't have receivers who are going to beat guys one on one, either. So right. it's a very delicate balance of how to. I don't think you can just batten down the hatches and say we're going to basically play six offensive linemen the whole game. You can't take somebody off, yeah. You know, because um, there are times when you'll see them, they'll do stuff. It's like there's two guys in a route. And if JT doesn't have a lot of options, and there's not a lot of guys out there to cover, I mean, it just it makes. How much hard. of an advantage could it be if you're telegraphing what that person's job is? Yeah, so I think it's hard. I think it's, I think they're in a tough spot. But I think I can see them doing that a bit. Um, but I don't think that's something that they could just absolutely rely on against a. Great Did he ever? Team.
1: Yeah. Okay, uh, Norm at the Norm 1965 asked the passing game was a concern. We talked about that a lot, Norm. So I hope you pick some of that up if you're listening. Um, let's see. There were two different receivers questions, and you guys, I'll just ask, and you can tell me if you think we've talked enough about it that you don't have to answer it again. But this is from Troy Sandlin at Troy Sand sixty six on Twitter says, "Do we think or ask? Do we think that Noah Brown or Benjamin Victor will become factors in the playoff games? Um, Brown has been absent since the Oklahoma game." Do you think it's in in Noah Brown, I think more so maybe than Ben Victor, to become that guy who he was against Oklahoma again? And whatever that means. Basically just become like a go-to receiver for Ohio State. Is that out there for Somebody – in the Oklahoma game, Ohio State was like, if we need to get
2: yardage here, let's just throw it to Noah Brown Mm -hmm. because he's definitely going to go up. When you walked down to the field after the Oklahoma game, didn't you kind of think they had like a –
1: I thought Noah Brown was Michael Thomas. It's yeah, like, like I was like I like at the very least he was Michael Thomas.
2: I thought there was a chance he might be Calvin Johnson
1: after that game. I don't know.
2: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like you know what I mean. Like with yeah, the idea awesome. of like no matter where or what they need to do, they always have one guy they can just throw it up to. And what does he have? Four receptions since that's a joke, but um that's kind of real. Um I think I mean, ben he the, was... He had
1: the overtime game winner against Wisconsin.
2: He did. He
1: did. Um
2: I think he's been a factor. He's been on the field. I don't know if he's going to be somebody that can bail them out yet. Yeah. I think – is that a good way of putting it? Do they have so. a bailout guy?
1: Yeah, it's Curtis Samuel.
2: And Curtis Samuel's Curtis answer. answer. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, but they <laughs> – but like it didn't matter what they did at Oklahoma. They could just throw it to Noah Brown in that game. And I don't know if it was just because the coverage was so terrible. It must have been. That's the only thing that's changed because he's still Noah Brown. Right. Um But Ben Victor, I think, is too young to anticipate will be like a game changer in the
0: playoffs. The one thing I'll say is you see guys, I mean, bowl practice is a long time, you know. And so I think it's possible. And I know, I think Ari, you have some ideas to write a story about this. I mean, I think there are young guys who can take a leap in bowl practice. It's almost like another version of spring practice. And so I think it's possible that someone like Ben Victor can get twice as good as he was on November 26th and be twice as good by the time you get to December 31st and if that's the case then I think he'll play if I was Ohio State I would be looking for answers I would throw open the receiver competition in bowl practice and if I thought that the two best receivers in bowl practice were Ben Victor and Johnny Dixon that's who I start yeah against Clemson you know because you can't it, it it hasn't been there. It hasn't been there in the past game. And so you do need to block. You do need to do other things. Paris Campbell's a great blocker. No Brown does some other you know, it's it's not just about catching deep balls. We know that. The, the, the position's more intricate than that. But I would be looking for answers. And I because don't Paris think it's Campbell impossible was, yeah. to find them in
1: bull practice. Yeah. Okay, I have two more questions. I don't know if you've got any Ari, but I'll ask my final two that I have here. Um this question is from Hunter Sager. Hunter Sager 44 on Twitter says... Is that Eric Sager's brother? No, it's spelled differently. Yeah. Um, who will lead Ohio State... He says in, in rushing yards and touchdowns against Clemson. I'll leave it at rushing yards. Who's going to be Ohio State's leading rusher against Clemson? Um, and keep in mind that like Mike Weber was not really part of the plan against Michigan. And Irwin Meyer was asked about that on Sunday on the conference call for the Fiesta Bowl. And he said it wasn't because Mike Weber wasn't healthy... It was just sort of the way that the the defense dictated things to them, that Mike Weber wasn't getting the ball. Curtis Samuel ran it a little bit, and, and obviously J.T. Barrett ran it 30 times. So, I mean, maybe it's an obvious answer. Who do we think leads Ohio State in rushing against Clemson?
0: I mean, it's like J.T. Barrett ran it 30 times, and Curtis Samuel, with the season on the line, got the ball every time it mattered in overtime. Yeah, He ran it for, whatever, 15 or 18 yards in the very first play of the first overtime, set up the first touchdown. Had way. his ridiculous, and I know it wasn't a run, but it was a swing pass that may as well have been a run. Maybe it didn't count as a run. I don't know. The play that will go down in history, running around like a maniac, and then oh by the way, scored the game-winning touchdown on a run. So when the season was, season was on the line, did they go to the thousand-yard rusher, or did they go to the guy they never hand the ball to? Oh, they went to the guy they never hand the ball to that we've been asking about all year. Yeah, they went to that guy to win the game. JT Barrett's going to be the guy who leads <laughs> the team in rushing yards against Clemson. I don't even think it's a question.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I. Yeah, I think JT's going to lead them. I think you you might see a lot of Curtis Samuel in the ball, though. If, if I don't answer, is it just because it was obvious? Maybe. All right, last question for me. From the Black Stripe blog, and I love these kind of questions, and this I think this might be difficult to answer. What is more likely to happen against Clemson? JT Barrett throws three or more touchdowns. Ohio State has a kick-slash-punt return for a touchdown, or... Ohio State sacks Deshaun Watson five times. First one. The first one? Is that, like, I, not a difficult thing?
0: No, I mean, I just think I think JT letting it rip is on the table. Okay. I think it's weird. I think they've given up the punt and kick return game. Dontre Wilson's kind of vanished a little bit. I know Curtis Samuel's back there catching punts. Curtis Samuel's not back there catching punts to, like, run in the circle. He's back there catching punts because they trust him to, to catch not drop the ball. Yeah. You know, like – from the era of Ted Gid Jr. and some other guys who have been good punt returners, they are a non factor in the return game at the moment, honestly. They have a not I mean Paris, Campbell I think Paris has Campbell's been
1: pretty good. A decent well, yeah. kick
0: return. But is he gonna go ninety? I think he has it in him. I don't know. I like he seems to run through people more that he'll like break tackles on the way to a forty yarder. I don't know
2: that he's going to – I feel like if you put Dontre Wilson and Paris Campbell and morphed their bodies, they you would have a really good punt
1: returner. I think Paris Campbell I, – I, I'm not 100% sure that Paris Campbell is a wide receiver, but I like Paris Campbell with the ball in his hands. Um, I think he could break one for a touchdown. I know it's tough to predict that the guy's going to return a kick for a touchdown because it doesn't happen that often, but I think he's definitely capable of it. But I would say JT throwing three touchdowns is more likely. I would say about Deshaun Watson, <laughs> you know, we <laughs> – They're we, both very unlikely. We – um, we
0: wrote and talked a lot about the whole Baker Mayfield crazy person idea when they played Oklahoma. And I remember after that game, Sam Hubbard, the Ohio State defensive end, saying that, you know, we said we were not going to, like, basically overrush him. We were not going right. to be so eager to sack him that we were going to run past him and allow him to make a play. Um, Deshaun Watson is not really that kind of quarterback, I don't think. He is not a crazy person quarterback. Uh, by any stretch. He is a thrower. Yeah. Um. But just like JT Barrett, he has the ability to move if he needs to. So I don't know what their strategy will be. I don't think it's exactly the same as you would against Baker Mayfield. But it's almost like I'm not sure 100% that it necessarily your strategy is to sack him five times. I mean, I think it's to Contain make him. it difficult to throw, get pressure on him, but make sure he also doesn't kill you by getting away and maybe making a throw off a scramble play. You know, yeah. but I mean, if you can keep him in the pocket then maybe that's a better thing for you. So I, I don't know that five sacks are necessarily on the board either. Yeah, i buy
1: that. I, think, I mean, Ohio State's pass rushes are pretty good this year. Um, and they had the Big Ten Defensive Lineman of the Year at Taekwondo's. But I agree with with all that. I don't, I don't think the plan is going to be to get after Deshaun Watson like that. Um, That's what all I have for questions. I don't know if already had any or not. I'm trying to
2: look through my thing real quick, so talk, Doug.
1: I don't know if
0: they have anything else. So we're going to try to do – we usually drop our podcast. Uh, we put it on the site Wednesday morning. If you subscribe to us on iTunes, it would go up Tuesday night. We're we're going to try to do multiple podcasts a week when we can um, leading up to the game. I think we'll try to hit you with hopefully some podcasts live from Arizona and really keep you updated, maybe try to do a half-hour podcast each day or something like that. I think that's not unreasonable. Um, we had a big meeting among the sports staff, and I ended up talking about podcasts for like 20 minutes, so I feel like we have to back it up now. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes. It's Buckeye Talk. On iTunes, it's easy to find. You can find us on Cleveland.com. Uh, Cleveland.com slash OSU. We post this uh, with a little introduction and then the podcast is in there if you want to do it. But really, you tell your subscribe to us if you don't, tell your friends to subscribe to us. Um, as I understand it, we're we're one of the top five podcasts on the entire internet. Mm-hmm. We'd like to get the number one. Um you know, I don't – it's a lofty goal. I think we're right there. We're right up Bill Simmons' butt. You know, we're just – we're gaining ground. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, it's a dream. So any more questions, Ari? Uh,
2: all my questions were either talked
0: about or asked. Well um, – So hopefully if you ask me a question, you listen to the podcast, you got what you wanted. So keep the questions coming. You can tweet to us anytime and we'll throw them in the podcast. Again, it's at Bill Landis 25 at Doug Les Maurice, and at Ari Wasserman. Uh, you can find us on cleveland.com slash OSU. It's going to be a busy time leading up to another college football run for the Buckeyes. Again, you know it. Number two, Clemson. Number three, Ohio State. December 31st, New Year's Eve, 7 p.m. Eastern in the Fiesta Bowl. We will be there for now. Thank you for listening. And that was Buckeye Talk.